0: Hello everyone, I'm Jen, and welcome to another episode of Monogamish Pod. On this week's episode, which is technically a week early and also a couple of days late at the same time, I'm covering part two of my conversation with Dennis, who was our cis-het man from part one, which aired last week. So I edit... So I ended the episode on a bit of a lighthearted note after covering some really heavy topics throughout by asking Dennis if I could spank him. I bet you're dying to hear what his answer is and I'm going to play it for you right now. Here's the rest of the conversation with Dennis. So let me just kind of segue into something a bit lighter. Like so, Dennis, can I spank you? Like, let's just like segue into something like some kinky shit, right? Yeah, why
1: not? I'll try. I'll try anything at once. So,
0: <laughs> almost all of the men that I've had on this podcast have some interest in like kink in some way. Not all of them, but like a solid portion of them. I've had Zach Butt on here like a million times, <laughs> so Zach and he pages as well. We're talking about kink and and polyamory and non monogamy and things like that. So. I feel as if in polyamorous spaces is the most that I've been exposed to kinky things in like in the U.S. in Mm -hmm. my dating life. And so a lot of the people that I tend to bring on the podcast or like speak to just even generally, there are very few of them who are like vanilla. I knew I was, I don't want to say I knew it was polyamorous, the story of me wanting to have a husband and a wife when I was a little kid makes sense. But... I've also been interested in the quote-unquote freaky shit. And not that I've really explored it as much as I could have, but there's this like correlation between kink and, or this like relationship between kink and polyamory that pops up a lot. And so I'm wondering if you were also like in that spectrum, are you a dom? Are you a submissive? Are you just, I'm just out here doing the bare minimum? What is your relationship to the kink and polyamory?
1: I would say I'm more pretty much of a tourist because I'm not gone out of my way to really explore and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, pre at some point I was like, yeah, maybe I need to go to one of these dungeons or that kind of stuff. But I don't feel the, like mentally, because whenever I do those tests, a lot of times I tend up to be more, how can I say it? I don't say in the middle. I'm trying to think of the word for it, but it's just, I don't feel the overall compulsion to dominate someone and such. But on Mm -hmm. the other hand is that I really don't want to be dominated, but I have nothing against it. That's why I tell folks, with a lot of those things, I'm a very clean slate is that as long as, you know, poop and pee isn't involved, I can give it a chance, it's, because one thing with me is that I have, you know, ADHD, which I found out as an adult. And one thing I found out that I have very low dopamine, which basically is that, you know, that pleasure, you know, my brain doesn't. So I'm always open to find, trying new things. I don't have a lot of those hang-ups and such. So that's one of those things that like, I have nothing really against it. Although funny enough, like my current long distance partner, she was telling me that She feels like I I have some sadist in me because pretty much there's certain things I want to put her through because I don't know how, for you growing up Jamaican, but we have a lot of these bitter herbs and all of that, that we grow up drinking.
0: Ceracy, yes. Yep, that kind of stuff. (laughs) We
1: have a whole bunch of them too. And I still get some of them. And we have, there's some you can even get like Swedish bitters and those things taste terrible, but... I will take them like that, even like cod liver oil and all that kind of stuff. And there are times when I enjoy putting myself through discomfort. Sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I just want to take cold showers for the next week or, you know, be doing long walks and it's cold outside, like 25 degrees. So I don't know if that can be termed as king because it's not really sexual, but I do still derive pleasure from being in uncomfortable spaces at times. So,
0: so yeah. it's a, maybe it's a, maybe. for anyone yeah. interested, it's a, maybe.
1: Yeah. So, that's, yeah, so the, that's why I say for me, it's all exploration at this point. So i am not jumped into it actively. I'm very flexible. I even have a whole book on knot tying and such, but unfortunately when you have ADHD, you'll learn five or 10 knots and then be like, okay, let's start with the next hobby. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or you will learn everything there is to learn in the book and then you never want to do it ever again because <laughs> you've it. gotten all the pleasure you can get out of it.
1: That is pretty much, and that's also another reason why I'm solo poly because people with ADHD, we do this hyperfixation thing. So we'll Mm -hmm. get something, be all into it and whatnot. Then one day we won't want it. It's done. And it sucks if you do that to a human. When you're solo poly and I always build my own boundaries because funny enough, my longest relationships have been those that have some huge boundaries, be it distance, time and such, because there's always that freshness and all that kind of stuff yeah so that's why ldrs or being comets or people who are already partnered is like yeah yeah your hubby has you you know more, i'll see you once a week and i'm okay with it
0: okay gotcha gotcha so how are you living and loving right now do you have a few partners right now just one are you commenting or do you have a comment are you commenting or are you a commenter no. i don't know
1: now, i only have one long distance uh, partner I did have a few potentials here and there, but you know how poly is. People just be falling off. And I've also mm-hmm. been told that I'm, my, I'm kind of, I don't say rigorous, but I'm a bit merciless with my vetting process. That like, I'll do two dates. And if I don't feel like anything, I'll, yeah, okay. Well, it, it was fun. Like, I'm not going to keep on trying to make something. Cause you know, some people are really pressed to date. So they'll still yeah. keep on with that person. Whereas they're like, let me try and fit you into this square hole even though you're around round peg. I'll go out once or twice and i am be like, eh, if this really doesn't work for me, if I don't feel the way I have that spark, I'm not going to waste your time. And heck, I'm on Tinder and that's actually one of my catchphrases on my profile. And people think I'm joking. I'm like, yes, I'm going to plan two wonderful, fun dates. And if things don't work out, we'll still follow each other on social media. And folks think I'm joking. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm legit.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. And I think as you... When you know exactly what you want, the vetting process probably tends to be more rigorous. (laughs) Like you're having certain conversations and like Sinead had mentioned on a previous episode that she's an NRE killer. She was like, Mm -hmm. I nipped that shit in the bud real quick. She's like, I'm asking all the hard questions first.
1: No, that is true. So yeah, there has to be a kind of flow. And then for me also what happens is that, sorry ladies, but some of y'all husbands be fucking it up because I've met some women who are really cool, but- I encounter their husbands or we meet in shared settings. And I'm like, yeah, not this dude, yeah. Cause there's some dudes who are just like, and not just husbands, but it's primarily husbands who have given me a lot of headaches to the point where I had an embargo one point, yeah, I'm not dating married women, just partnered with women. Because, well, unfortunately some people, because they come from a swinger, uh, background
0: mm-hmm. and, you know,
1: with swinging, there's this discrimination they have against single men. And, you know, some of them, used to cover it up with some BS of like, oh, those men don't have skin in the game, or this, that, and the third, they can act out. And I'm like, I know a lot of people ain't shit. But yeah, I don't mind taking someone out for a first date and let's get annoyed, chit-chat. Like, I go on those first, second dates without expectation. For me, just like, my only expectation is good conversation and hopefully the joint we choose has nice food.
0: Okay. So what is your ideal first date? Okay. Let me see.
1: Painting pottery. Because... The choice of pottery you choose will tell me a bit, colors you choose will tell me a bit, how you manage the whole task of painting will tell me a bit, how you manage the task of interacting with me while you're doing that task will also tell me quite a bit.
0: So. Okay. Painting pottery. So like, you know, a little wine there, you know, a little music playing, just, okay, all right. It sounds like a good time. So everyone knows what, you know, they can expect from a potential date if it involves painting pottery. You know, we got to see how the conversation flows, if we're still able to get to know each other while we're engaging in these tasks, the colors, the shapes, all those things. Okay. So would a sip and paint be like a reasonable option?
1: Yep. I also do enjoy a sip and paint. So... Even yes, sleeping paint are also a good option because I feel like you get to know someone more when it's an activity date versus the traditional, I do not do dinner in a movie unless we're we're already dating because it's just like, we're sitting in the movie where unless it's a ruckus comedy, we're really not interacting. And then with dinner, you can bring your best representative for dinner. But if you're doing an actual activity, the real you will come out.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. I like it. I like it. So what is one thing that you have brought with you to polyamory from your upbringing around polygamy?
1: Being self-aware in regards to my capabilities, because when folks do the polygamy, it's a huge thing. When you go get your wife, you do the negotiation and all that kind of stuff. So it's not like how you, you can date someone randomly. And if it doesn't work, you, you keep it moving. So this is a commitment you're entering to. So for me, I do forget it sometimes, but it's yes, just being, how can I say, very cognizant of your abilities and your capabilities, because there are women who I've talked to and gotten to know, but I just look and I'm like, yeah, her emotional needs are not what I can meet. Or she's maybe super high maintenance financially and I'm not about that life because I'm honest about my capabilities if i'm not one of those folks who bites more than they can chew so that's primarily the main thing
0: okay and so what have you brought from your monogamous relationships into polyamory do you think you've brought anything from there into poly or was there like a kind of exorcism where you excised mm-hmm. all the monogamous bits of you when you yeah. officially lent into polyamory, into polyamory.
1: Excise, excise, because a lot of it is still me regardless but I do know how to focus on my partner look at the small details. Like for me, I'm a very good gift giver in terms of personalized gifts. Like I pay attention to the little things and all that kind of stuff. And I'll get you some, it might not be the most expensive, but it'll be a personalized gift. So that's what comes from monogamy. But some dudes like one size fits all, all the women are going to get makeup sets. Meanwhile, one of those women doesn't even wear makeup.
0: Doesn't even wear makeup. And she's looking at you like, which one of your other women did you buy this for, bro? I'm not even mad. I'm mad that you gave me a gift that wasn't for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then what did you leave behind in monogamy?
1: In monogamy, we tend to be, take partners for granted. Once you lock them in, they'll always be there. There's no competition and such. When you're polyamorous, at least for most people you make more of an effort. And I'm not saying you're competing, but you try and just keep it more fresh and try and keep things exciting. Or at least that's for me. Because there's so much, especially if someone has other partners out there, since your time with them is not always guaranteed, you want to make it worth their while when they're with you.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And I know, of course, you said that you're divorced. Mm-hmm. Were you polyamorous while you were married? Or was that something no. you took up like, afterwards?
1: No, that was a whole monogamous marriage. Although the funny thing is that At one point in time, that topic I kind of brought up lightly, then she was just like, nah, but she cheated on me. But the funny thing is that I did know I could see it coming. And so, you know, when I was like, yeah, we can be doing this. and Pretty much, if you had just been honest and self-aware, we could have done this thing. That's that monogamous mindset.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely a monogamous mindset, cheating being the end of a relationship. And I, I don't do monogamy anymore obviously but even when i was monogamous it wasn't the end of it for me it wasn't the cheating the act of cheating that was the problem it was the lying about it it was like yeah. the gaslighting you into believing it never happened exactly. it was all the stuff that went around the cheating was the problem for me more than the actual like thing and then cuz i always said i was like i know that you have done this thing like i know that you have done this thing i can feel that you have done this thing Just don't lie to me. If you sleep with someone else, tell me immediately. Like, I want to be the first phone call. I don't want to be the you call your dad. I don't want to be after you called your dad to cry about it. I don't want to be after you called your best friends to talk about it. Call me first and be like, I did this thing. If it's I fucked up, like I fucked up. And we can figure out like how we can move forward. If we can move forward. Mm. Is this like a feature or is it something like you always want to do? Is it about sex? Was it about the emotional attachment? Like there's so many layers to infidelity in a conversation yeah, exactly. that it's not just as simple as i fucked someone else <laughs>
1: yeah. like for some people cheating is their king oh yep but i definitely get that part because like i said i'm always a work in progress and evolve so i'm big on just keeping it real because because my current partnership you very transparent and such and i'm like part of it is that i learned the hard way because you know sometimes as men especially we don't want to broach certain topics but then that shit blows up in your face in a spectacular way so you know what let me take this small time discomfort by bringing this up early, then trying to cover it up and it blows up in my face. So yeah, it's definitely one of those things.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So since we're talking about cheating and infidelity and putting it in like a monogamous mindset, of course, like what are some things that you have seen, like some ideals that you've seen in monogamy that have made their way into polyamory? As a man, I know like for women, there's a lot of ideas (laughs) about this that I could probably touch on, even though it doesn't relate to me, but like from a male perspective, what are some ideas from monogamy that you've seen translated Mm. into polyamory?
1: There's still that kind of ownership aspect, but it just shows up in different ways where like sometimes they will dictate the kind of people their partner can date where it's just, oh yeah, she can date women, but not men or something like That's still some kind of control that's carried over from monogamy. And then there's also a lot of male entitlement to women's bodies and all that kind of stuff. And I think, who knows, sometimes even women's agency is not respected as much. You know, it's still the same way in a lot of these non-monogamous spaces. Or even the fact that, yeah, boys will be boys mindset, pretty much. That's one thing I can tell that's pretty much carried over, which is like, I do go do some fuck shit and be like, yeah, but we're just poly or we're just.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially using the word or the phrase poly to cover bad behavior. Ooh, seen it, lived it. I, I don't want the book. Don't need its autograph signed, like I'm set. Um, so I guess you could say there's a, a big conflict between the ideals of polyamory. And like how it actually plays out, like in reality, really? because we're all coming from our own, like individual experiences from our learned experiences. So, we're going to be polyamorous, it's going to be great, there's going to be no jealousy, there's going to be yeah. like this thing, we're going to be like 100% open, or like for couples who date together, oh yeah, we're going to date together, like it means that we're going to find a wife, or my favorite, like monogamy 2.0, which is just like you know, a closed mm-hmm. triad. Like, it's just there's a lot of these ideas that come forward, and I find especially as a black woman especially like a black Jamaican woman, this shit doesn't appeal to me. Like it does not mesh with the life that I'm trying to build for myself. So I don't know if you can speak a bit to that and like what you've observed in the community. Like I said, we're a part of the same yeah. you know spaces sometimes and we've seen these things, but can you offer any insight to the people's mm-hmm. mindset? No,
1: pretty much like that I mentioned earlier that we have these big phrases, which, you know, makes it almost like an ad campaign or something, but the reality in implementation is so different. I'll use a example of like people saying, oh, we want to build, but I'm like, let's break that down into the nitty gritty. Okay. So part of it is saying that you'll all move into the same house or like your third will move into your house or such. And I, I sat down and did the math because. Whenever people move, in, someone extra moves in your house that you might save on that mortgage, but guess what? Your Utilities and such go up. So it's just, you, yes, you all got maybe an extra 200 bucks in your pockets or something, a couple of hundred and such. Which is, so are you going to build, be building with that little extra money? And maybe if there are kids involved, you save a little bit on childcare, but I really don't see how in practicality where this is putting you in a space where you're building more assets than you did before. In fact, typically one of the things I've looked at just from a math point of view is that if you have a house, it becomes the law of diminishing return, the more people move in. Because like if you're solo and you get someone to move in, it goes down, your expenses go down by half. Once you go again, 33%, but remember some expenses go up. So it gets to a tipping point at some point. So there's that. And then there's whole, people talk about the whole, we're living freely and such, but They won't break it down. Like, how does that look like in a, like time management uh, way or how you relate with people. And yeah, because like people don't go those wise, they don't narrow it down on how it practically looks. So I see that all the time where people say, oh, my partner never, will never want to need for anything, but it's like, Mm -hmm. "You, you don't have unlimited resources. So what happens at that point in time, when you actually get to that point where there's that, you don't have those resources. Time isn't infinite. So I see a lot of those flowery terms being brought up, or even as simple as how like people want to do the triad thing and say, yeah, we have this organic relationship that will build and such. But no one ever wants to answer the question when I ask them of, what if she starts liking you more than her? What if her relationship with her or him grows more than yours? How are you going to navigate at that point? And I always get crickets. Because of course we know it still get dumped, but it's, no one wants to look at the reality of that.
0: No, that's absolutely correct. Like having been in a triad, it wasn't a closed triad, thank God. Like I could never survive that, but it started with me just dating the wife and then eventually moved to me dating the husband and then the wife and I broke up and the husband and I were still together and then eventually broke up afterwards. And it definitely played a part in a sense where the conflict that existed between the husband and the wife played a part, like mentally, of course, like you don't even want to admit that, but there, if there are issues in their relationship, and I was like, it was very much like kitchen table. Like I was super close to them sort of thing. I didn't call it kitchen table, but you know what I mean? They were friends first and turned into a romantic thing. Like those are things that I was aware of. And so that kind of starts to color your idea of a person as much as you don't want to admit it. If they can treat their partner like that, then what's going to happen now? Like, how is this going to look? What's that going to be like? So I I think that's one thing that a lot of people also need to be super honest about. Yes, you can be in a triad. It can be a close triad. But what happens when you realize that the relationship between the married couple is not as perfect as you thought it was? And what happens when they realize the same? Like, where do you fit in that dynamic? Because nine out of 10, they're pulling in some poor single girl off the street (laughs) to be in this Mm -hmm. relationship. And, And so how do you reconcile that? Like, how do you remove those thoughts and that knowledge of other people in different ways from your impressions Mm -hmm. and your relationship of them?
1: Yep, no, that's very true. It's just like with a lot of folks that they talk about, we're wanting to build community and this, and maybe all of us live in blah, blah, blah. That sounds all well and good, but have you all made the plans of if we're going to pull money and buy this big mansion and such? How will we navigate space where two people in that house stop dating in this conflict? Or how do we handle if one person decides in that house they're going to stop being poly and leave? And how are we going to make up for that shortfall? Or in the cases of people who is, we don't believe in traditional marriage or this and the third, we have our whatever arrangement here and this, but it's just what long-term legal provisions are you making for these partners? Because there's folks like there at one point like, oh, you all talk about you want to build, have this third wife or new wife or third wife or something. but are you all willing to put on your life insurance policies or this, that, and the third, the way you would for a traditional partner and it's just cricket. So we have these lofty ideals, but a lot of times when it comes to the nitty gritty and all of that is that we don't want to answer the questions. You know, folks are like, oh, my love is limitless, but guess what? Your time and money is limited though. So it's the same way when folks have a ridiculous number of loves that they're claiming that they have relationships with, but I'm like. There's a certain number of people where unless you're ridiculously wealthy and you just sit at home, you're really not having a quality relationship. You're just texting and fucking and going out occasionally. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you should then label it that way. So you can't say you have those full relationships in between that, your work, friends, family, and such, because there's a certain tipping point where it just, yep. Yeah.
0: Are they a partner? Or are they just your text friend who happens to be your fuck buddy? Yeah, exactly. Like-
1: I'm like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but folks sometimes want to make it look all lofty. This is my love, this and the third, but you only have time to see this person once a week for one or two hours and that's it. And which doesn't diminish their relationship, but don't claim it to be more than what it is. So,
0: yeah, no, I get that. It's definitely something I think that a lot of people need to sit with, like your capacity. What can you actively, like how many partnerships partnerships can you actively sustain And Mm -hmm. partnership to me is like a big deal. Like partnership to me is like an actual partner in life. It's not just a casual (laughs) encounter. Because be honest, like you can maintain quite a few casual relationships. It's fairly common, right? But once you give someone the label of partner, my, and I admit that's my expectation, my understanding Mm -hmm. of that term may be different from how other people are interpreting it. Like they're playing the Pokemon, got to catch them all game. Oh, all the Pokemon are special to me, <laughs> even though I only ever play with Pikachu. Let's be honest here. So
1: The the thing is we don't like labeling relationships because we feel it puts them in boxes and such. But one thing we have to understand is that's how the human mind works. Labels are helpful because they help us navigate and know how to deal with things and such. Because, because you're dealing with two different people. So if you've not put a label... One person is thinking one thing, one person is thinking another thing, Whereof, if you all sat down and put a label and put expectations and then regularly revisited those expectations. It's the difference between me giving you a job with a job description than me hiring you and say, yeah, just putter around. Sometimes I'll have you do this. Sometimes I'll have you do that and that. So it colors your experience differently.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So I will ask one final question just to mm-hmm. round it out nicely. Are the DMs open?
1: Most definitely. <laughs> okay. Yes, definitely. So I am on Facebook as Dennis Winchester, D-E-N-N-I-S and W-I-N-C-H-E-S-T-E-R. Spelling for the win. So,
0: <laughs> Gold star for you. Gold star exactly. for you. I'm so. like,
1: Having typos in real life when you're talking sucks.
0: <laughs> yes, it happens to me all the time. So, of course, thank you for joining me today, Dennis. I really appreciate it. I'll of course put the links to where to find you in detailed show notes on the site, and everyone can reach out to Dennis. You you may already know Dennis if you're a listener and you're in the same Facebook groups that I'm in. <laughs> so <laughs> you may already be familiar with Dennis's presence, but I hope this gives yeah. you some more insight into Yeah, but I don't
1: always shit post. Sometimes I'm actually serious. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sometimes you're serious. But once again, thank you so much for joining me. And I hope to speak to you again soon. Well, right.
1: thank you for having me.
0: Once again, I would love to thank Dennis for joining me here on the podcast to share his perspective on love, life, dating, non-monogamy. And towards the end there, we kind of got a bit more serious again, but it was it was much more lighthearted. You really appreciated that, I'm sure. The links to where you can find Dennis will be in the detail show notes on monogamishpod.com. So now let's dive into some monogamous pod poly news situation, right? First things first, I think I mentioned briefly to you last episode that I went to a Black Poly meetup in the DMV area with Black and Poly DMV. Um, Black and Poly is a huge Black polyamorous Facebook group, just so everyone knows if you're not like hip or in the loop or whatever. I'm technically not in the black and poly group, but I do know people who are in that group who help put on the events in the D and D area. So we actually had a great time having a really deep conversation a couple of weeks ago. And then last week Shanae actually came to visit me in DC. Well, it wasn't actually to visit me. It was more for an event <laughs> that BPR which is Black Poly Reality was putting on, which Shanae is a part of. So it was just like yeah, a nice little happy hour vibes for Easter, you know for Easter. We had a good time, drinks, food. I really had a fantastic weekend overall if I'm being super honest. It was great being community in real life with black polyamorous people two weeks in a row. And of course this means I'm gonna be inside forever. That's that's literally what that means. (laughs) Y'all know I don't like being outside like that but I'm absolutely going to commit to spending more time with black polyamorous people when these events come up and move forward in my area just saying but while that's all happening uh, COVID is also still happening and so I'm really trying to balance risk to like myself and my health and my safety to like you know being with people like they've rescinded mask mandates on public transportation on planes and I'm just sitting here like oh this is a bad idea this is a bad idea because look at what happened in the UK they did that in the UK like oh you don't have to wear masks on planes anymore And then they had to cancel a shit ton of flights because the crew got sick. Like everyone got sick. So I have a lot of thoughts about this, a lot of feelings. I'm not gonna bore you all with them because you're non poly related specifically, but also yes, it is a little poly related because I don't believe that I should be hanging out with people who are able to get vaccinated and who have not gotten vaccine boosted at this point in time. And so this is me now gonna have to like draw like a, a barrier so to speak a boundary between myself and folks who are not vaccine boosted and who don't believe in wearing masks that's like the other thing i've noticed like with some people not like specifically poly people but people who just don't like oh masks are so horrible they're so hard and i'm just like uh, but like also your safety You know, so this is also something like I'm weighing and balancing in my mind. So in the interim, since I'm going to be inside for the next two months anyway, kidding, but also not because I was out two weeks in a row and like out every night last week, every nice weekend that is like Easter weekend. I'm I'm not trying to go nowhere right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay inside. If I got to go somewhere, double masking where possible is just, yeah, I got to protect myself. And so since I'm going to be living my life on the internet, I guess it means that all the people I'm matching with on dating apps, it's going to be a whole different ballgame now. I have to talk to them a lot more about, okay, like what's your COVID protocols? Like, have you been vast? Have you been boosted? Which I already do. But if I'm going to meet up with anyone that I've met on the apps that I've been using, hashtag open is the one I'm primarily using right now, but I'm also dabbling in field. It's like, ah, these are all things I have to really, really bring up and consider. And this completely restructures what I would have potentially wanted in a date, which I didn't talk about it on the episode with Dennis, but I was thinking about it while we were talking dating, like what kind of dates do I want to go on? Who do I want to be around in that way? So yeah, that's something to (laughs) really, really think about. And you know, talking about dating apps, should I do an episode about dating apps, like non-monogamous dating apps? Should I, if they have BIPOC representatives at hashtag open at a field and you want to be featured on monogamous pod, i think i should let them come on right because these are the two apps specifically dating apps that are for non people out there right now if you know any other apps let me know i'd definitely love to see them send me a message like in the dms and all this stuff but yeah i think i might be reaching out to some people being like let's talk about it why did you create the app this way and are they even using the app that they work for <laughs> that's also something i want to talk about as well but that, that's just in the ether that's an ideation we're not we're not at that point yet But now that I've talked about like dating apps and you've kind of been inside my brain a little bit with the ideation process, let's talk about Good Trouble. Now, y'all know I love Good Trouble and the fosters before it. A lot of great representation on both shows. Shout out to Peter Page, who was Emmett on Queer as Folk. Just amazing work. Amazing work, Peter. Um, So on Good Trouble, they've been doing this polyamorous storyline for a while now, which is actually really great. I love that they chose Black people to have this polyamorous storyline with. And of course, introduction of Malika's girlfriend, who is a woman of color, a Latina woman, that is definitely like something that's popping, right? So last week's episode, the Coterie had a party for their roommate, Dennis. It was his 40th birthday. Who cares what the event was, right? But both of Malika's partners were there. So Devante was there as was Angelica. So (laughs) Angelica and Devante are both at the party. And so Malika had invited Devante's primary, Tanya. And so she's like, hey, is Tanya not coming? And he's like, oh, actually, Tanya and I broke up. I don't want to talk about it right now, though. He's like, wait, what? She had no idea they were even having problems, which is wild to me. I mean, it's parallel. But also, I would think that this would be a conversation you'd kind of have with your partner. If you're breaking up with your primary partner, because Tanya is Devante's primary, this might be something you'd have mentioned casually in a conversation. Just just so you are aware of what the structure is looking like right the polycule like if you have tanya's number in your phone maybe you should delete it because she's not going to be with you know what i'm saying i don't know very weird to me but i digress so at the end of the party now (laughs) devonta goes to malika like oh yeah i actually want you to be my primary now and i was like wait what (laughs) this is wild so this week you get to see the continuation of that conversation oh did i mention that malika works for angelica's ex-girlfriend who is lucia who's a politician that's a whole separate storyline. But yeah. So Devante checks in with Malika, like, hey, you know, I'm happy to have you been thought about becoming my primary? And she was like, um, ah, don't you think it's too soon after Tanya? Which girl, yes, I do think it is too soon. But I do also think that since Devante and Malika got together, he's been slowly kind of inching Tanya out of the primary position. And they've been kind of he's been kind of putting Malika in a place that she didn't know that she was in. If that makes sense. Anyway, so he's like, well, obviously not. Is that the only reason why you don't want to do this? She was like, "Mm, I think I'm getting serious with Angelica. I kind of want to take things further in that way, and I don't want to be anyone's primary right now. And listen, I'm chess. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. But you know what? That's how it is sometimes. And She was like, oh, wow, Mr. Polly jealous, like Mr. Polly expert is jealous, but we all feel jealousy. It is, it is a natural emotion and he doesn't make it a big deal. He's very much like, yeah, I feel these feelings. I feel a little jealousy about this but our relationship is still good. We are still on the right track and that's what matters. So I love that. And then at the end of the episode, Malik is asking Angelica, if she wants to go on a little trip together, a vacation, a getaway. I'm like hot diggity damn. She really is taking this seriously. And I love to see it. And I love to see it. So that is your pop culture poly recap that I've only been paying attention to right now. Cause that's the only show with polyamory I'm watching at the moment. Kind of a long title. I should probably come up with something shorter. Anyway, let's talk about what else is happening in the Agamish pod world specifically. The newsletter is coming out on April 30th. It's going to be released into your inboxes, but you haven't subscribed yet, have you? That's, that's crazy that's okay you can head over to monogamishpod.substack.com subscribe today and you can get that newsletter at the end of every month in your inbox is telling you all the juicy things that have happened on monogamishpod a sneak peek into patreon world and possibly what's to come now since we're talking about what's to come monogamishpod.substack.com just links gonna be in the detailed show notes on the website all the stuff um, let's talk about how y- y- y'all remember i went on a hiatus you know, and in February into March, I just took some time off. I was having some things and things were thingin'. And that was an unintentional hiatus. But um, also, I have an intentional hiatus coming up. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. I just have some work stuff I have to take care of. I'll be living a whole different life for a couple of weeks in a whole different city. And it requires all my focus. And I won't even be staying at, like at my house or at a hotel. I have to be crashing with someone. So there's going to be no space for me to record. And so there'll be no monogamous pod episodes out in june there i said it i ripped the band-aid off i said it i just don't be mad it's just one of those things that happens you know right like i we just we have to do the thing that we have to do and the only way i'd be able to record is if i went to a podcast studio and i don't know if you know this but that shit costs money but if you do want to pay for it send some money to my Venmo at have you met jen or on my cash app dollar sign have you met jen just saying i'll put the links in the show notes as well wink wink you can also buy me a coffee. I don't know what the website for that is, but links will be in the show notes. This, have you met Jen at the end, whatever coffee is, that's, that's the thing. Just don't forget that. But yeah, that means there will be no Monogamish pot episode out in June, but don't worry. That means that I will be back in July and that the season will not actually end until August. I'll try to push it as long as I possibly can, but probably going to end towards the beginning of August so I can go on my actual break, which you probably think I don't deserve, but I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> And then we back fresh for season four in the fall. I know it's a lot to take in. It is. I hope you are doing okay with this information. Just don't freak out. Take some deep breaths. Relax, it'll be okay. In the interim, the newsletter will still be coming out. So even if I'm not putting out an episode actively on the feed, I will still be curating some conversations and experiences. Maybe an interview with a person like you don't know, you don't know, and for sure, it'll give you great insight into what is actually coming up in Monogamous Podverse. Just wanted to let you know about that. Don't be mad, it'll be fine. So. Now that I've told you all the big news, y'all know what's happening. Let's wrap this up. Let's talk about where you can find the podcast. You can find me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, at MonogamishPod. You can also watch this episode and a bunch of other episodes from season three on our YouTube channel. Just search for, you got it, Pod." Fantastic. You can of course listen to the podcast elsewhere wherever you get your podcast. So on the website, through Anchor, which is where we host, shout out to Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, Pod Chaser, pod Podbay. There's a a, a lot of places, there's a lot of places, but I will also say that if we are not somewhere that you listen to your podcast at, let me know. And I will, how would you know? It doesn't matter. Let me know, (laughs) I'll be sure that we get in that space. You can also tell a friend about Monogamish Pod. That's how we grow listenership, right? That's actually, In real life, that's actually how podcasts grow. You share it with your friends and they grow and they recommend to other people and blah, blah. It spirals outwards. And of course, we'd love for you to rate and review the podcast. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Podchaser, on Good Pods. And you can also just rate it on Spotify. I'd really appreciate it. Speaking of Spotify, please be sure to answer the poll questions that I have up on Spotify and I will read them on the next episode. Or should I save them for the newsletter? I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are and to engage with you in this way, just to let you know. If you wanna support the podcast financially, you can donate using the anchor support feature. So anchor.fm slash monogamishpod, press the support button you can support for as low as 99 cents a month. If you want bonus content, Patreon merch, uh, blog posts, bonus episodes, bloopers, head over to patreon.com slash monogamishpod. It's an 18 plus platform. You have to put it in that way and you can join for as low as $3 a month. And if you don't want any of that extra stuff, you just want to throw some dolls every once in a while, you can go to our merch shop and just wrap your set MonogamishPod merch. Head on over to monogamouspod.breadless.com or click the shop button on the monogamishpod.com site. Now, I think that's all I have for you today. <laughs> Thanks so much for rocking with me. The next episode will be out on May 4th. So may the 4th be with you then to listen to the episode with marjani lane it's going to be called being marjani lane which is the pun play on being mary jane on tv show with gabriel union not that it matters to you but that's all i have for you tonight once again i'm jen and this is the monogamish pod have a great night y'all bye